You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, theatre fans, one and all. Welcome back to the We Are Theatre podcast. Today, we're going behind the curtains to talk about stage management and back of house things, which is a first for this show. Um, Josh, welcome. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, (laughs) Me too. You're actually from my locality. We grew up in Newcastle um, and have ventured onto different things from here. So there's a fun fact. Um, So when did you get into theatre and what made you decide to go down the production track more than the performing track? Yeah, sure. So I started in theatre at like a really young age in acting classes up in Newcastle at uh, Young People's Theatre. Um, I don't know if you're aware of. YPT, yeah, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, and yes, I started there and sort of doing drama classes and I was really interested in acting at the time. I was part of like one of those modeling agency acting things for like TV ads and stuff and never had any success in that, which is so fine now. I don't really care about it. Um, and then it sort of was like, while I was at drama classes, I, you know, they were doing three or four shows a year. And my parents were always like, do you want to audition? Do you want to go do this? And I was like, oh, no, it took me a long time. It probably took me about four or five years until I actually decided, okay, well, you know, if this is something I want to do, follow that acting career, then I should audition for a show and, you know, super nervous. And so I auditioned and I, I got to play Lurvy, the farmhand in uh, Charlotte's Web, a uh, breakout role for me. Um, and then sort of from, it was that moment that I, I realized there was so much more to do with theater. Like my parents had always taken us to Sydney to see all the musicals. I think my first musical I can ever remember is The Sound of Music with Lisa McCune in 99, potentially. Um, So I've always really enjoyed going and seeing musicals and being a part of theatre. And when I started acting and started doing that, I realised, okay, well, it's not just the people on stage. There's so many things happening in the wings. And from that moment, from that first show, I then continued to do every single show that they produced I was sort of forced in a way to do acting at least one show every year because that was the whole point of sort of going to those classes and being there. Uh, And then throughout the rest of the year, I was in stage management, lighting, sound, you know, flies. I just did anything and everything I could. And I spent pretty much every Saturday there for, wow, like 10 years or something. (laughs) It was just every weekend. Um, So I sort of did that. And then once I finished high school, I sort of kept, there for a little bit and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I very much knew that acting was not a career choice for me. Yeah. It was not something that I was going to be able to, you know, succeed in. So I went, okay, we'll leave that. And I was really interested in lighting design and still am, 
but I sort of don't want to do all of the steps to get to be a lighting designer. So I was like, well, we'll leave that one over there, which I, I am lucky. I do go back to YPT every now and then and do a lighting design for them um, yeah. when I can, when I've got availability. So I sort of still dabble in that. And then, yeah, I decided to go and study at NIDA and got in the first go, which is very rare and very, very um, rewarding to be able to do. And then sort of from there, I, I fell in love with stage management and, you know, that love of musicals that I had growing up as a child, seeing the shows with my parents, I went, wow, okay, well, I can actually do this. This is a yeah. career choice for me. So I did. Yeah. So that's sort of where I, I, I landed. That's how I got there. Amazing. Um, obviously going to NIDA and studying to get to where you are now, what were some of your favorite moments in like kind of watching shows while studying and looking at it from like a student's perspective being like oh cool that's how that gets there and I feel like once you kind of understand the technical side of things you look at shows in a completely different view um so were there some moments like shows that you went to that kind of blew your mind from a a production point of view um yeah yeah it's really interesting because I can't see a a theater show without like pulling it apart now it's yeah. sort of like the theater is sort of ruined for me like I can go and see a movie and, and be fine but my husband has a movie podcast and he goes and critiques it and you know does all that but it's the opposite so I go see theater and I'm just like pulling every little like how do yeah. they do that and if I don't know how they've done something I will message someone that may know that have that answer to be like I'm dying inside please tell me yeah um because there's there's some moments that still happen like that um for me while I was studying we were really lucky and were able to do sort of um uh, what's the word we were able to go and like watch the stage manager call the show okay so cool. sort of like sort of like a little secondment sort of thing um and I got to do a couple of really cool ones I got to go backstage at Wicked which Wicked is one of my all-time favorite musicals and I've seen it over 10 times um and I was able to yeah go and sit there and listen to the call and and sort of then watch what was happening backstage at the same time which was incredible but probably the one I remember the most is the Blue Man Group so they were in, they were at the Lyric Theatre, they were doing a yeah. per, per couple of shows there. And I got to do the same thing. I got to sit with the caller and listen. But the way that show like is put together and, and what they can hear in their ears and the cues that the stage manager takes and just how that whole thing is put together, I just went, wow. I just didn't even think about these, these men, you know, covered in blue with their ears covered and like how they hear and how they know to keep in sync and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Like yeah. really, really awesome. What was it like for you, um, for those of you that don't know theatre um, or what a stage manager's role is, how about you go through that and what you go through, <laughs> the, the umpteen million roles that you've got, but like for those fresh in or don't know what goes on behind the curtain, give us the kind of pitch. Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> it's sort of, it, you're sort of a jack of all trades because you've got to be able to do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. when you sort of start in a production in the rehearsal room. And also I should say there's like three levels or four levels of stage management. Like there's a production stage manager, stage manager, a deputy stage manager, and an assistant. So all of those people then in themselves do different things as well. So I'll sort of go generally (laughs) and broadly and try and patch it all together. But as a stage manager, you're there in rehearsals from day one, you know, you typically won't have wardrobe, you won't have props people, you won't have any of that. So you're sort of, you're sort of like, I was going to say controlling, that's not the right word. You're sort of managing all of that, uh, those things in the room to make sure that the cast know, okay, so when we get to the theatre, this is where this thing will happen. You know, your quick change will be here or 
this is where you will find your prop and I'm, you know, I'm no longer going to be giving it to you. You've got to get it yourself. And you're sort of in the room, you're prompting, you know, um, if someone's forgotten the line, just keeping on top of that, Man- managing schedules um, and just, you know, sort of being that communication between what's happening in rehearsals and what the rest of the production team need to know. So if, yeah. if some, you know, if a costume needs fixing or a certain element is required, then you sort of spread that across to all of the other departments um, and then once you move into the theater, sort of same sort of thing, but obviously you add all those extra people on and you are therefore then running the show. So you're yeah. the, you're liaising between all of the other departments to make sure that, you know, they're all good to go, you know, especially during the show. Um, if you are calling the show, calling the cues, which is one of my favorite things to do, you are therefore like, you know, in control and command, sort of like, you know, you're flying a plane. Yeah. It's your show. It's your thing. And you're, you're, you're saying go, you're saying, you know, like LX go sound go, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So you bring all of those elements together and then you, you know, just being really friendly and approachable and just being that sort of that really good um, energy lift within the company is always good to come from stage management. Cause you're sort of across all of those departments in a way. Yeah. Um, and obviously over the last couple of years, the role kind of would have adapted a little bit with COVID and everything like that. So how's that been kind of managing that as well? Yeah, it's really interesting. So at the moment I'm the COVID-19 safety officer slash stage management swing on nine to five um, opening preview starting on Wednesday this week, which is very exciting. Um, so we have found that like a lot of, a lot of those big shows, we are bringing an extra person in to sort of help with all of that because stage yeah. management is already busy itself. So, you know, if they were trying to keep up with all that cleaning and keeping up with all the, like the mask wearing and the all of those sort of policies is really hard for them to do because they've already got a million other things that they're trying yeah, yeah. to pull together in a short time. But it, it, it is definitely interesting, you know, being in rehearsals and, you know, cast being in masks, but also trying to perform. It's, it, it's challenging. Um, we've been really lucky in that we've made it work. And then once we sort of got to the theatre now, the cast, if they're on stage performing, they don't need to be in masks, obviously, because that would be a terrible performance to us. <laughs> but every, everyone else needs to stay masked. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just sort of adapting. And, you know, I think that's one of the better skills that we have as a stage manager is that we can adapt very easily. Um, and if you can't, then you're probably not in the right place because <laughs> just got to be able to go with the flow. So many things happen so last minute that you've got to be able to, you know, mold that. But really, a lot of a lot of what's happening with COVID now is stuff that we were already doing. Yeah, you know, they, they, we were cleaning props. There were hand sanitizers around the building. The only real difference is is just being that little bit more cautious about, yeah. you know, how you're feeling. Typically, in any industry, if we're not feeling well, we go, ah, we'll be fine. We'll go to work. But it's like as soon as you don't feel well, you've got to not go because you don't know. You know, it could be yeah. COVID, and you've got to keep everyone else okay because as soon as one person brings it in especially in that sort of moment where the cast aren't wearing masks as soon as that you know it comes into the building it can easily spread yeah yeah, yeah. so it's 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 very much exactly what we were doing but yeah just a little bit more pathetic and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um coming out of NIDA and getting into the industry is sometimes one of the hardest things um to do so how did you go about forming the connections to kind of get your foot in the door to get you to where you are now yeah so night is really good in that in your final year you go and do your secondments so your industry placements with professionals and it's up to you to find those okay cool 
So I was really lucky that with with mine, I did Sydney New Year's Eve, like the fireworks celebration um, with the city of Sydney. I did um, Aida Opera on the Harbour uh, and I did uh, Matilda the Musical. Um, and out of all of, out of those three, I actually went back and worked for two of them. So I went back for like the next two years and did Sydney New Year's Eve, which I absolutely love to do in different roles every time I went back as well. So I was continuing that sort of learning and evolving within that industry of events. And then Matilda, I went back and did prop swing. So I actually went and got to actually do the show, like actually like move things and hand things and actually be part of it. Cause the succumbent was about four months because we had a month of children's rehearsals a month then with the adults and a month of tech and a month of preview. So it was a very long time. And a lot of it was spent, especially in the sort of, once we got to the theater of sitting around, actually not doing anything, watching it all just sort of come together. And it's it sort of in those moments you network with people. So it's, yeah. you know, you need to be like introducing yourself and you need to be really showing who you are and what you can do without overstepping any boundaries. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> excuse me. And yeah, so I, it was sort of in that moment that I got to do all that networking. And then after Matilda ended, because I was only sort of there for two or three months, I then had a very long gap before I got back into that musical theatre world because it is it is really hard to yeah. get into. And in that time, I worked for ATYP. I worked for some other little little productions and all that sort of stuff to just continue to, you know, build my knowledge and all of that. I worked at Sea Life Sydney Aquarium in that time as well, just, <laughs> you know, because it, it is hard when you come out of, out of uni to, to find that stable work within the industry, especially because it's not a stable industry to be in. Yeah. You know, you go and do six to 12 months on a contract and then you've got to find that next job. Yeah. So once I sort of landed The Wizard of Oz, which was my first touring job as an ASM, I've been really lucky and grateful for the opportunities that have come. I went from straight from that onto Evita, straight from Evita onto Charlie. And then, and then obviously COVID hit at that point and sort of threw everything into a spanner and a spin and it all went a bit crazy. Um, and then connections from Charlie, I was able to get on to come from away. So I was, I, I'm very grateful for those networks and those people that I know that are able to, to help me get to where I need to be. And the same thing happened with nine to five yeah. come from away was meant to be continuing touring for the next couple of months. And then just with COVID and all that sort of uncertainty, they, went, okay, well, we're just going to shut down until sort of mid-year and we'll see how we go there. I went, oh, God, I don't have work again. So I yeah. quickly sent emails out to all of my networks, just be like, hey, I'm available now. Like, what do you have? Absolutely, I'll do anything. I don't really, I don't mind yeah. what I do. And then I was, yeah, very lucky that Crossroads Live um, reached out to me and went, hey, do you want to do a swing stage management for nine to five? And I went, yep, cool, free. I'm absolutely Done. free. <laughs> and then that sort of then expanded into actually, do you want to also be our COVID officer because we really need someone to just sort of take control of all of that because you know every other department's so busy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and within that role, within that role, like there's many other things that I'm doing at the moment. You know, I sort of have unofficially given myself the title of assistant company manager because I'm because of you know the, the hours that I have in the day for stage management and this COVID stuff. I'm not necessarily busy, busy the whole day long. So I'm able to go and do other things for company management and for, you know, other departments, which I love to do. I just love to help everyone. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing. Like, as you said, you've developed skills in so many different areas over the years that you can just throw your hat in and be like, Hey, 
I can do anything. Let's go. And Absolutely. then once you build that trust with people as well, especially in the technical side of the industry, it's a very, I know I can trust this person to get the job done kind of yeah. thing as well. So that's really, really cool. Um, you mentioned calling the show earlier. Now, this is one of the coolest things, like from a performance perspective to walk past a stage manager and hear them calling a show. Um, what was it like getting to do that yourself on like a massive production on a large scale for the first time? Like, do you remember that moment of having to learn that? Yeah. I do. I, <laughs> yeah, I just got like this weird chill through my whole body just thinking about it. So Wizard of Oz was the first, my first show and, and my first time calling a, a big musical like that. And it was really daunting. You know, I went in with it going, yep, I'm going to give it my all. And it took a bit. Um, we, I was, it, I sort of learned it in two parts in a weird way. So typically you'd sort of learn act one, then act two and put that all together. But what happened was, we were in Adelaide and our deputy stage manager decided that she was going to leave the production. So I was sort of pushed into it very quickly. Um, and we're only in Adelaide for like three or four weeks. So it's a very small time. So I end up being able to call act one because they didn't want to rush me too much because it was the first time. Yeah. So I learned act one and then we got to Melbourne. I then learned act two while we were teching. I was actually sitting in, in front, like in the audience while the show was being teched, learning to, to call act two because they needed me to call basically like as soon as possible. Cause there was not, there was only the one stage manager that could call. And if anything happened, you want to be able to jump onto it. So I remember being really like nervous and, you know, I'd sit there before the show and just go through a couple of things. And I, I picked it up very pretty easy, easily. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it was really thrilling and, wonderful like it's just overwhelming sort of joy to be you know finish that first show call because you sort of sit there and you like just tense up and you're like I've just got to focus on getting absolutely everything right and then you get through it and then your body just like releases and you're like wow and you just sit there in shock because you're like how the hell did I just do that for like two hours straight um because yeah it's it is you've got to, it's you know you're like mission control you got to sit there and you got to focus for that long yeah. to make sure you don't you don't make any mistakes um, I was really lucky in that uh, when, so I did Wizard of Oz, then Evita, I didn't actually get to call Evita. It was a really quick season and there was four of us and that's fine. I didn't really mind because I was like, oh, I've done it now, you know, yeah. take it off like this. <laughs> it doesn't happen again. That's fine. And then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I actually got brought on after they had opened. The deputy stage manager was the only one calling the show and the ASM was as well, but the ASM I was replacing. So she was leaving in like a week's time. So I had to learn that call in like no time at all as well as that I was also getting married around those sort of dates and I had all this time <laughs> off and and it was, <laughs> it was really stressful so I was learning a new show learning what the ASM did you know taking over petty cash and managing all of that so I was learning to call the show and then also trying to you know manage life outside of work so it was very stressful but I managed it somehow um but that that was sort of that moment I went oh, I know what I'm doing because I yeah. can walk in, pick up a show and go, here we go. Uh, you know, I'm calling. I don't necessarily need to be on it from the start and I, I don't need to, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, finessing it and all of that. I, I can actually do it, especially after not calling for a Vita. So that was sort of like a, a little, it's probably about six or seven months of not calling a show. So I was like, oh God, do I actually remember how to do this? Do I know what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and it was really rewarding to actually be able to get to, to 
you know, pull that off. And I went, oh, that's right. I, I can do that. I do have those skills. Yeah. Um, and then for, uh, for Come From Away, every time I went to start to learn to call the show, we went into a shutdown because of COVID. So I never actually got to, I never got to call Come From Away. I've got my prompt copy sitting in here at home just in case I ever, you know, if, if they go, yep, we're coming back and we need you to call, then I can actually start to like go through it before I start because it's, it's a different show in itself. And there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of cues. It's a lot of lighting cues uh, and where they're called on beats or in the script, it changes very quickly. So it's like yeah. you actually, and obviously it's one act, you know, it's a hundred yeah. minutes, one act. So you don't have that typical like interval where you can just take a breath and there's really no moments income from away. Um, yeah, like other you can take a breath. <laughs> yeah. You know, people, people usually play like trivia during yeah. the show. They'll play like, you know, a, sort of a pop trivia sort of thing because there's usually large sections where that can happen come from where he doesn't have it. So I was, I was really nervous to actually be able to, to be able to do it, especially after, you know, having two years off because of COVID going, Oh, can I actually do this? And I dare say it would have been the same thing with Charlie. I would have gone into it and went, Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I can, I can do it, but just cause it's been so long. So I've got it with me in case I ever need to <laughs> pick it up quickly. <laughs> um, over your resume is stacked with amazing shows that we've mentioned so far. What's been kind of, a highlight show to work on so far for you? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone always <laughs> asks that. It's, it's, they're all so different in different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, like Matilda, was, I really, really enjoyed Matilda, the show itself, um, as well as just the people that were involved and, you know, sort of, I think because I grew up in, in new theater um, in Newcastle, watching children, you know, bring a show to life is something that I've done for most of my life and especially growing up. So to see that, God, it was like, wow, these, like, I could never have been one of them that like, that would not have been me. I would dare, would not have auditioned um, and just stayed, <laughs> stayed doing, doing stuff in Newcastle. But, um, but, you know, there's that. And then, then Wizard of Oz, you know, and the whole fact that, you know, it was my first time calling a show. So like every show I've done, there's some really special moment. Yeah. Um, you know, for Evita, it was getting the stage management team that I worked with were just phenomenal. They're very, very um, like they're experts in their field and they've been doing it for a really long time. And just to be able to pull knowledge from them is really rewarding. And then it's the same like now with, with nine to five and the COVID world you know, I've learned new things. I've learned new skills. I've learned a lot of things about COVID that I never thought I would need to know. Um, and, you know, getting to put that into play and all of that sort of stuff. So every, yeah, I can't, I can't pinpoint the one moment because every show I have had a really rewarding experience from. Yeah. Throughout the whole production process from auditions through the tech, cause you've been on um, audition things as well throughout your time. What's your favorite moment in the process of putting a show on um from auditions to tech to bump in and everything like that yeah i think i think rehearsals like the very first initial rehearsals are probably i don't know if it's my favorite but it's where you get the most information you yeah. know that's when you learn about the show that's when you actually go oh this is what i do during the show you know i'm, I'm gonna be here i'm gonna be doing this like wizard of oz it was like i found out that i had some cues with toto with the dog that I actually got to, you know, release him and let him run across the stage and stuff like that. So I really, yeah, really valued that, that time. And then sort of 
tech is a little like it can be fun, but it's so draining because the hours that you do and you have to put in a lot of extra hours to be able to pull it all off in such a short time. And then it's sort of those like milestone performances as well that are really rewarding. You know, you get to your hundredth show and you're like, Oh my God, wow. Like we did it. Um, but yeah, I, but bump out is probably not my favorite. Um, <laughs> mostly cause it's, 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 you know, it's just pulling down signage for us and, you know, tidying up the dressing rooms and cleaning and all of that sort of stuff, which is, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably go with, with that rehearsal period just because of how valuable it is, uh, to learn what you actually get to do during the show. Yeah. Amazing. But I also or, don't, I don't mind auditions as well. I haven't done many, uh, yeah. but, but that's always fun. Cause you get to, you get to see like friends that you've worked with and you're like, Oh my God, hi, how are you doing? Like people <laughs> that you don't run for every day, but then you also have that. I'm so sorry. You know, yeah. That whole, um, you know, we'll contact you or we'll contact your agent, which typically means see you later. Thank you so much. Don't come back. <laughs> so, yeah. A mixed bag there. Yeah. I love that. Um, you get to choose your next production to work on. It can be any production in the world. What would you love to throw your hand at and give a go? Beetlejuice. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. I actually haven't seen it. Oh. I'm obsessed with the soundtrack. Um, and I've watched a, a lot of videos on yeah. YouTube um, and I'm dying to see it. And yeah, I would yeah totally put my hand up. That was quick too. You knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you asked me maybe like five years ago, I would have said wicked, but yeah, but yeah I'm like, you know what? Wicked's great. And I do love it, but there's so many other like really rewarding new shows and exciting things happening. So, hey, it's time to move to New York. Beetlejuice is coming back. I know. I know. Right. I should. I'll give him a call. <laughs> um, amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, Josh. I really appreciated this chat. Um, but we'll just, call it there. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on. Um, guys, all of the links down below. And if you want to try and figure out what Josh is doing, tickets to 9 to 5 will be in the link as well because I'll be there for that as well. Yes. Um, but to wrap things up, if you could work in any theatre in the world, like a, the building specific, what would you like to go in and, yeah, see? This <laughs> different oh question. God. Like if, if you could... Let, let's do three. So if you could do walk through or work in any three theatres in the world, what would it be? Well, the Capitol Theatre in Sydney is my favourite. It has that. always been my favourite. Um, I think it's because mostly growing up, that's where a lot of the shows we saw. Um, oh, God. I d yeah, I don't really know. I don't know a lot of theatres like I around, um, but definitely like I would love to go and be in a West End theatre. I was in London for Christmas a couple of years ago and I saw Hamilton and everyone's talking about Jamie and theatres are just spectacular. They're so small in the foyers and, you know, like you're out on the yeah. streets, sort of like piling in. Um, and then you get into like the foyer and it's beautiful and you get into the auditorium and you're like, wow, this is gorgeous. You know, something that we don't really see here in Australia. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really know what theatres exactly I'd go into, but I, I would go, I would go into as many as I can. Just anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easy, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Josh. Thank you for everyone listening at home. We will be back soon with a new episode, as always. So follow all the links down below to find any extra information, and we will chat to you guys soon. Bye.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.